everybody. What is going on? You know what time it is. You're listening to Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. Have you ever thought about how refreshing realism is? I mean, when someone is authentic and genuine, it disarms us, giving us permission to let our guard down. In today's Devo, Ashley reminded us that we don't have to work our way to God, and that's a good thing. Because even if we had to, we wouldn't be able to. Now, as I studied for today's episode, I began thinking, we might be more aware of our brokenness than humans at any point in history. And by that, I don't think I mean our own personal brokenness. What I'm trying to get at is that I believe we are increasingly aware of the present brokenness of our world. Think about it. From newspapers to the radio to news channels to push notifications on our phone, now we can receive bad news in real time. And the reality is, there is always more bad news to be had. There are teachers out there who make poor choices with their students. There are dictators and perpetrators of abuse. There are people full of fraud and deceit. We see families fall apart and child stars go crazy. Wars break out. People starve. I mean, life in 2022 can seem pretty tragic with just one fleeting glance at the news. But in verses 1 through 10, Paul sets the goodness of God up against the stark backdrop of our broken and hurting world. One commentator says, Against the somber background of our world today, Ephesians 2, 1 through 10, stands out in striking relevance. Paul first plums the depths of pessimism about man and then rises to the heights of optimism about God. It is this combination of pessimism and optimism, of despair and faith, which constitutes the refreshing realism of the Bible. For what Paul does in this passage is to paint a vivid contrast between what man is by nature and what he can be by grace. Think about it. Ephesians 2 verses 1 through 3 recount the bad news. It doesn't matter who you are. You're a sinner without an excuse. My youth pastor growing up, he always said, sin doesn't make you bad. It makes you dead. Which I think he learned from Louis Giglio, but nevertheless, the fact of the matter really is that sin— our sin, it doesn't make us bad, it makes us dead. But this reality can be confusing. It can be confusing to us who else still physically live our lives. Think about different lost people. They could be one of the most talented musicians of all time. They could have a sharp mind and be an expert in their field. They can be a star athlete from a young age or a strong advocate for some sort of humanitarian cause. Though their bodies and minds and attitudes might seem to be alive, if they're not in Christ, they're still in fact dead. Because when it comes to what matters most, their souls, there isn't a trace of life to be found. And typically, we can tell. The same commentator said these dead people are blind to the glory of Jesus and deaf to the Holy Spirit. They don't have any love for God or longing to be with His people. They're as unresponsive to Him as a corpse. All dead people do is stay dead. So we should not hesitate to affirm that a life without God, however physically fit and mentally alert the person might be, is a living death, and those who live it are dead, even while they are living. And in the physical sense, this seems to be a paradox. A paradox is something that seems impossible but is actually true, like frozen hot chocolate. And the idea presented here is this. How crazy would it be for people who were created by God and for God to be used for a singular purpose outside of that which is of God, 
right? We would think that people who are created by God and for God would have to live for him. But really, that was our condition as believers until the good shepherd found us. That's what we see in verse 4. But God. That but at the start of verse 4 marks a shift. And remember, whenever we study the Bible, we always want to start with the question, what do I notice? And we answer it by asking the who, what, when, where, and why questions. And when I look at these verses, I'm left to conclude that something's worth noticing when I see the shift but and but God brings about. In my Bible, I put a big box around but God. It can be a really helpful practice to mark shifts in topic or tone whenever you study the Bible. And this shift in particular is definitely worth noting. Think about it. That dead person mentioned in verse 1, they can't do anything for themselves. I mean, they can't say a word. They are completely useless. The dead person is powerless to do anything. And that's the picture painted here. You were once dead, but God. God stepped on the scene and made a way for your story to go differently. The author enters the play. He steps on the scene and he changes everything. And what did he do? He saved us. He gave us a new heart. He gave us his spirit. Think about it like this. When I was 16, I got my first car. I got my driver's license. And I was so excited to do one thing. And that was to go to drive-thrus before school. And specifically, I wanted to go to Taco Cabana to get breakfast tacos. And if you're listening in Dallas, you're probably thinking, man, Taco Cabana, this girl doesn't know good food. But I grew up in San Antonio. And so Taco Cabana was the place. And I could not wait to go before school. But one day, I got into an accident on my way to Taco Cabana, and my car was totaled. That meant that the car was done for. There was nothing we could do to repair it or to replace parts, to refurbish it. The car was dead. And the same is true of us. Apart from Christ, we are totally dead. There aren't any repairs to be done. We can't be refurbished. We are dead. If you're a believer in Christ— Do you think about your former self as a totally dead person? What actually happened when you were saved? You were brought to life. I'd encourage you to spend some time reflecting on this today. The good news of Ephesians 2 is that our salvation isn't dependent upon our performance. Dead people can't work or speak or muster up such a moving performance. Our salvation is dependent upon the work of the Father through the Son on the cross. And thanks be to God who has given us the Holy Spirit to help us as we navigate the brokenness of this world. Honestly, it's kind of like we're spending every day on the set of a zombie movie. There's dead people or lost people all around us. And this world is broken. It's messed up. But the good news is that if you're in Christ, He's bestowed His marvelous riches upon us. Hey, we want to thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Did you know that you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? And if you're willing, we'd love it if you subscribe because the more you download, the easier it will be for new friends to find the podcast.